0: I just want to just say a quick prayer. Lord, I just pray that you will help me speak the words that people want to hear. Lord, grief is a difficult subject. And I don't want to be glib or careless in anything I say. Lord, let me cause no offence. Help me, Holy Spirit, to speak truth and life this morning to bless people. Amen. (coughs) So I've tried to give this a bit of a structure because we always get feedback from the leaders and they say, Marina, perhaps give people an idea of of, uh, where you're going with something and then at least they'll know when it's going to (laughs) end. I do, you know, that's encouragement from them, I believe you me. So I'm just going to outline it. Oh my goodness, it sounds dull. So I really hope that the Holy Spirit inspires me and inspires you. So... I'm going to try and speak on what is biblical joy. Aspects of grief. Don't put your head down yet. Looking at how grief may be exchanged for joy. And our part and God's in restoring us. And the fact that joy will come as we walk in faith. So I hope that's the grim bit over. I want to declare straight away... Great is thy faithfulness. And in saying that, my heart is already cheered. He is faithful. What is joy? The Bible often speaks of joy. And it used to trouble me because I thought joy had to be happy skipping jolly. And I knew that wasn't me. And I could never see myself getting there either. So it troubled me. But I've discovered more. Here is a verse speaking of the joy that comes from knowing and loving Jesus. 1 Peter 1, in verse 8, this Peter speaks this and, and he writes, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, You believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. I just think that they're they're great words. Because that's us, isn't it? We don't see him yet. We will one day. But we have within us, if we've built relationship with him, an inexpressible joy. And yes, sometimes it's bouncy happy-clappy. But the real joy is something, is something, real biblical joy, is just something different. Can I encourage you to read around that verse? And we can be filled with amazing joy when we grasp just what Jesus has done for us. He's given us new birth. We have hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Biblical joy, which is considered pure, true joy, comes from that intimate relationship with Jesus, who put it simply this way. I'm the vine. You're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. And that fruit includes much joy. In Galatians 5... Love is listed as the first characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit, and joy is the second. If we're filled with godly love, won't this produce joy? Let's take a look at the roots and the source of this fruit. It is the product of the Holy Spirit, it's nothing of ourselves. It's the Holy Spirit cultivating character in a person's heart if we are willing to give ourselves to the work of the Spirit within us. That bit's crucial. The Holy Spirit is the one who draws us to God and in his presence then we can know true joy. And joy is, when it comes down to it, largely composed of gratitude and gratitude for the wonderful things that we know God has already done for us and his great and precious promises for our future. The Bible tells us that fullness of joy comes to those who continue in the love of Christ and obey him and pursue the things that are pleasing to God. And this person will become increasingly and firmly anchored in God. And this is what can help people in troubled times. We need to know him and something of him before trouble comes. This world has a woeful shortage of joy with its multitude of insolvable problems, a surplus of fear and worry and despair. Even the pursuit of happiness by the world, their obsessive pleasure in trying to find happiness, it's elusive. Even a Christian's joy is short-lived if we're seeking joy in the way that the world does. Now, every human and every Christian is tested when joy is disturbed. And especially when we're dealing with the experience of loss and grief. Grief is a difficult thing to go through. Grief is a natural process. It isn't a disorder or an illness. And you know what? It's not just the experience of adults. We really need to be mindful of that. And about grief, when most of us think of, we, when most of, us think of death, when we hear the word grief, but any loss may cause us to grieve. And here are some examples. Children may lose a significant adult in their life and not just to death. They may grieve a favourite pet. As a child, I secretly grieved my older cousin when she moved to a different town because it was breaking a bond that was extremely important to me at a crucial time in my life growing up. In fact, I grieved over a lot of incidents for many years until Jesus became real to me. If you were fired from a job you loved, you might grieve. The loss of finances, the loss of health, relationships lost, the shattering of dreams can be sources of grief. If a treasured possession was destroyed, you might grieve that. What if we were to lose our home unexpectedly in, in circumstances we didn't foresee? Think of the, all those people who've, in, who've suffered the loss of their homes through these floods recently. In just a day, everything that they hold dear and that's secure to them, gone. They're still suffering The thousands displaced recently in Syria because of the situation there in war. The the list of grief things is inexhaustible, and I know that you here could add to it. We could grieve about any number of things that we've lost, but especially it's through the death of the loved one. You might grieve a loss that's happened, or one you know that's coming. Grief is an emotional reaction. To change, it can bring about lots of different feelings and sometimes changes in behaviour. Many of us familiar with the symptom of grief. That list's inexhaustible too. But here, if you don't mind, I want to take a moment and be really personal, and I want to seek to honour, to honour some of you, and I want to honour you, not offend you. There are people here of varying ages who have traveled this road of grief. And I want to say to you, you have traveled it well. What do I mean? You don't bear the scars publicly, but you walk in quiet dignity and serenity. And as such, you are a witness to the power of God effective in your lives and of your persevering love for him and in that you send a message of hope that lifts the spirit of others when they see you and when they hear your testimony i've heard some of your stories and i wouldn't know unless you told me those stories and they're powerful you have the power to have an impact through that journey you've been. Now, as I go on, bear with me, I haven't been in your shoes. I'm, I haven't walked your journey. None of us have walked the same journey. In those that first moments of loss, you know, th- there might be that expression, there's no way I can live with this. There might be bitterness and resentment towards God. There might be tears, we'd expect tears and disbelief. And we grieve because death separates us from loved ones. Even Jesus wept and grieved with Mary and Martha concerning Lazarus. It's a consequence of loving. But Paul in the Bible indicates that as Christians we should not grieve like people who have no hope. I hope this message becomes more joyful now. So, we might wonder how people have made this exchange from grief to joy. Here I am. I'm I'm not talking about happiness, but something that works deep in our spirit through being in his presence and knowing his truths it's longer lasting than happiness. This joy, this joy can, it can be accompanied by peace. That joy with God, it can be accompanied by groaning in your spirit. They're not mus- mutually exclu- exclusive joy and groaning in pain. But in that groaning... The joy is knowing that the truth that God is our rock and our hope. And we can know that deep joy within us. And it's comforting us despite the turmoil around us. In times of trouble, pain and adversity, even Jesus knew that he needed to find time to connect to God's presence. Now, if the Son of God needed to do that... And showed us that. How can we ignore that model? We might not be able to control what happens to us. But we have a say. And we have some control of our response. We can choose to pray. We can choose to seek the face of God. And draw close to him. Spending time with him. Finding time in a stillness in the secret place, connecting to the source of strength that comes from intimacy with God. When the tsunami hit Sumatra in 2004, it claimed, I don't know how they round these numbers up, 230,000 lives over 14 countries. And there's a story of a captain who was on a large ship on the sea. And he felt the ship dip first to the left and then to the right. And he knew instinctively something was wrong, though he didn't know what. And his instinct made him move the ship immediately. He didn't make a dash for land He took the ship deeper, deeper into deeper waters. And he and the people on board survived. They were later able to go and help others, rescue others. He went into deeper waters instinctively. If we have helped ourselves by choosing to build a relationship with Jesus before trouble comes and let the Holy Spirit lead us, guide us into developing fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace through reading his word and in our actions, perhaps we too might be able to move more instinctively to go deeper with God in our times of grieving, whatever the loss. To move from grief to joy, we need to know that God is not the source of our pain. He is the resource of our healing. He is our solution. We can trust his character and his intention towards us. One of his names is Wonderful Counselor. He understands us far, far better than we know ourselves or others do. Seek his counsel. A good counselor helps you to recognize truth and will encourage you to live according to it and with our counsellor we can be open and honest about how we feel we can fill our heart and mind with his word which contains truths to inspire and bring comfort hope, peace, love and joy Job shows us that even without an answer to the question why? why? Our love, trust, and obedience to God can remain unbroken. To be overcomers, not just survivors, means we have to choose to respond to trials and adversity from a godly perspective. Develop a love for God's word during good and bad times. Knowing and believing and working out God's word is essential to turning those words on the page into something that's life-giving, faith-building, freeing and joyful. There's that marvellous verse in Habakkuk. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep In the sheepfold and no cattle in the stalls. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. Yeah, we're not living in his times. That's not our life scenario. But we hear the message, no matter what our circumstances. Because we know him. We can turn to him. And find some joy. You know what, though? If you can't, there's a special promise of the nearness of the Lord. Psalm 34 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. It's a special promise, isn't it? When we have nothing of ourselves, sometimes we just have to prove the truth of His Word did Tony not say this morning? He pours in. He pours in. What a wonderful mystery. When we have nothing, when we are spent, he is pouring in. We will not remain in the same place. God's intention towards us is good. Psalm 147, Verse three, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. How glorious, how wonderful. He, He, our plasters, our bandages won't do it. He binds up our broken hearts through His Holy Spirit, that wonderful mystery of His Spirit. Reaching deep into ours and connecting. You know the truth of it. You know that that can happen. You've been alongside a person. You spend a bit of time with them. And something, there's an exchange from them to you. And it's spiritual. It's in your spirit. And you know that they've done you good. That's how the mystery works with Christ. When we're alongside him... He's pouring into us and lifting us up and strengthening us. It's that relationship, but He does it better than any other person. Now, don't rush to come out of your place of grieving, it's in His time. Oh, don't respond to the unkindness of those who might suggest you should be over your grief by now. It's only because they've become tired of your situation. Nor be cowed by those that feel your recovery, in their opinion, is in indecent haste. Now, I've been a witness of both of these unseemly Responses, And I felt for the people on the end of it, receiving it, those misplaced comments. I've seen the distress caused by them. Let's share the journey with those tenderly. And you personally, find those who are patient with you, who are good listeners, but who you can trust to speak a word of wisdom when you need it. Now, that might seem like a bit of admonishment, but I want to say this year in this church, I have witnessed the beauty of people here being alongside other people in a grieving situation. And I've seen it done beautifully with care, with tenderness, with grace. All the qualities, or some of the qualities, because there are many more, that Jesus has. Because being led by the Spirit to minister to a brother or sister in need. And then I witnessed the the practical help that God organized to help the person in need there was a wonderful team of women who were ministering to somebody bereaved earlier in the year. Meal upon meal upon meal, a rota suddenly organized. We'll get this meal there. We'll, I'll do this meal. We'll get it. It was incredible to see what people here, without being asked at the front to do it, it was. it's within us. It's within you. And that is... That is A wonderful thing for um, somebody, a leader in the church, to witness. They're not having to, to drive people. We're seeing God in you, ministering into other people's needs in a beautiful way. I know that people have ministered with a telephone call or a card or a letter. I know more than you know. And it's a blessing to me, but I tell you what, it's more pleasing to the Lord. And you honour Him when you respond and you help those people in need. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm the tissue lady. I'm not the bag lady, I'm the tissue lady. <laughs> you know, though, sometimes people get stuck in the morning phase. Or, And it can turn into self-pity. When we're troubled by a situation that's ongoing, just won't go away, it's important to monitor your thoughts. That difficult situation can occupy more and more of your thinking until it looms in massive proportions and creates ugly fears and shadows over your mind and life. When you become aware of that, you really do need to come before the Lord, pour out your feelings and ask him, To help you and rely on the power and the truth of God's word. Because the enemy of your soul is no respecter of you as a person. And if he can keep you preoccupied and captive in your thoughts that bring you to a place of weakness and false sorrow without you discerning it, he will bind you in it and he will keep you in a miserable place, captive low and crushed because he doesn't care his strategy is to kill steal and destroy so even your sorrow you need to discern why do i say this because i've been a mug i've grieved and i've sorrowed over something and like other people here i can cry oh do you know what i'm sure i've given jeremiah I run for his money with tears. And then there are days I've woken up and I thought, hang on, Marina. Why are you crying so readily again? Why is your soul downcast? Haven't you given this to the Lord? Haven't you asked him for his help? Haven't you asked him to minister to you and to strengthen you? Haven't you spent time with him and felt his presence and his joy? And I've realized that I'm one of those people, if I wasn't careful, because I come to tears, I'd be easy for the enemy to tag on. And I'm thinking, hang on, no, no more. I'm walking away from this. This isn't of the Lord. And I've realized that my grieving's done. And I can let go and walk on in the mercy and the joy and the peace that God has ministered to me. So we have to be careful that even things like that, the enemy will seek to get a hook and a grasp. Not much more. We can appeal to Christ in our troubles And each time we do it, we're redirecting our attention from overwhelming problems, from grief to Him. And drawing Him to minister into our situation. He intercedes for us. The Word tells us that. He prays for us and He strengthens us. We've heard it this morning. It's His work, it's Him, not of ourselves. It's his Holy Spirit and the mercy and love of God ministering to us. You know, on our worst days, if we're grieving over something, oh, we can be so consumed by that. We forget the mercies and the goodness of God that we know, that we've stood on before. It's getting buried by the dark moments causing us to forget the promises of God and what he's already done for us for God's people the circumstances we think we see ourselves in never tells the full story because we walk by faith not by sight don't rely just on what you see Faith, not sight, must be our guide as we navigate our way through a journey of loss. And faith has a different interpretation than the worst moments that we think of. For I know the plans I have for you, declare the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you future and a hope. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. An inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope and joy. They that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love this one. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither will there be mourning or crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. I can only encourage you to understand that the exchange grief for joy comes through your relationship with God and you nurturing that and allowing him to pour into you so that a new song can be in your mouth, a hymn of praise to God. Let's consider his mercies. They are new every morning. These are words from Lamentations. And he said, we think it was Jeremiah, it's uncertain, but we think it was Jeremiah who said, But I call to mind, and therefore have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, said Jeremiah. The book of Lamentations in the Bible is there for a reason. Lamenting is the act of expressing grief. It's there to help us understand an important aspect of our relationship with God. It's the expression of grief and distress. But even the writer of it, who wept many tears, is able to declare... Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. And a beautiful old hymn declares this truth also. Great is thy faithfulness, O God. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thy, you change not. Thy compassions fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. He is faithful and changing. He is full of mercy and love and grace towards us. A final thought. Someone said this beautifully. We're hemmed in by the faithfulness of God. Behind us are the wonderful deeds he's already done. Before us are all his merciful plans. And with God behind us and before us, we need not allow the past to swallow us, nor the future to worry us. The past and the future belong to him. And more importantly, so do we. I will finish in a moment. But I want to remind you of what's been said by Tony this morning. God is pouring into you. It's a wonderful mystery. He's pouring in to your spirit to restore you, to build you up, to strengthen you. And the word from Suzanne, reminding that he's walking with us. Emmanuel, I love that name, God With us. I'd like us in a moment, just pre warning for the the worship team, if we could sing that. You know, the, the, the first song we sang this morning. Who can stop the Lord Almighty fighting our battles? He cares, he sets the captive free. Every knee will bow before him. And you know what? No, it's just our knees. The powers, the principalities, death, that seeks to steal, steal, rob, and destroy. They will bow before Christ. Therefore, we will come from grief to joy. Because everything is subject to Christ. And his intention is that while we're breathing, we shall have life in him. This is my final thought, to leave this with you. If I can find what's supposed to be my last page. When life resumes, as you know it, after this Christmas season, you will come across people in your world that are grieving, maybe the the loss of a loved one, and I hope that's not the case. But invariably, there will be people lamenting and grieving that this season's been terrible for any number of reasons. Might you, gently, sensitively, with an inquiring and listening ear, with compassion, maybe you could suggest to them that God was always there in it with them and that you believe God would want them to know that because he loves them and that he's always there for them to call on him for help. You see Christmas may be nearly over but the reason for the season is not And we need to share our hope, our love, and our joy and peace. Once we did not know the Lord, we did not know he was there in all of our circumstances in our past. Now, we can reflect and see God was there with me all the time. I didn't know it. I didn't see it. We can help bring people to knowledge they may not be in church does that mean God is not with them of course he is they are his creation they're made in his image they are people that he loves that he wants to draw to himself they need to know the simple truth you may have had a dreadful Christmas I want to reassure you Christ and God Jesus was there with you and he is just a moment away from being able to help you, if you would feel that you could turn to him, or oh, can I pray with you about your situation? You can bring life, you can bring joy where there's been grief in life in lives over this Christmas. Be a blessing. You are a blessing. You're a blessing within the church. Let's be a blessing. Without and reflect the faithfulness that comes from the Lord. Amen.